Welcome to the first episode of Hater at Heart, the one-stop shop podcast for all haters. Thank you so much to my dear friend, Leah Wargaft, for composing and recording that introduction. Hater at Heart is a podcast where I rant, talk shit, rank things, give reviews, talk about pop culture, pop culture, (laughs) pop culture, and inevitably overshare. The goal of this podcast is for my best friend to have something entertaining to listen to when she does yoga. (laughs) In this episode, we can chat about my favorite things, but by chat, I mean that I do most of the talking, which is honestly how a lot of my conversations go most of the time, since I'm friends with a bunch of meek-ass introverts. In this episode, you will hear about my top four books, movies, artists, poets and shows and more not more things that I like but you'll hear more from me let's start off with books now for being kind of a bimbo I am an avid reader and I'm trying to spend less time on iMessage games and more time reading my top four books and what they are about are oh spoilers free the goldfinch by Donna Tartt my Year of Rest and Relaxation by Otessa Moshfeg. Sharp Objects by Gillian Flynn. And Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe by Benjamin Alire Sanyas. The Goldfinch is about a boy whose life does a 360 when his mother dies in a terrorist attack and he steals a priceless painting. My best friend Phoebe McIntosh has this to say about The Goldfinch. Overall, good book. Had a story that made me stay up late reading. It started out kind of slow, but then Donna really got into her feels at the end. Theo is so frustrating, though. Oh, my God. Seriously, still cannot believe this book was written by a woman. I agree with her thoughts wholeheartedly. One thing I love about Donna Tartt is that she really makes use of a male gaze. She really makes women feel inferior when you read her writing. and You're like, oh, do all men see women like this? Really? Wow. Moving on. My Year of Rest and Relaxation by Otessa Moshveg. My Year of Rest and Relaxation is about a self-destructive girl living in New York City and working at a local indie art gallery who takes copious amounts of pharmaceuticals and inevitably self-isolates for a year as part of a quote-unquote art project. This book is so fucking funny and if you don't like this book I will seriously judge you because it's so good it has almost everything I love in a book it has a witty cast of characters an unnamed narrator Rebecca is not on this list but that is another excellent book with an unnamed narrator and this book just makes me feel fucking seen if I relate if I relate to this girl well that is my fucking business Okay, that is my fucking business. Now, our next book is Sharp Objects by Gillian Flynn, which is also an amazing TV show, which I will be talking about later. Sharp Objects is a book about the relationships between women and the haunting wounds 
that women can leave on each other and how they sink much deeper than the wounds that men leave on women but how the wounds men leave on women are also fucking they sink deep they still sink deep the protagonist camille is a small time reporter sent to her hometown to write about two unsolved murders but as she as the story unfolds it just gets crazier and scarier and it is i hate to use words like this but it's so southern gothic it's very very good our final book in my top four books is Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe by Benjamin Alire Sanez. I'm really hoping I pronounced your name right. I feel listening because I know you are, Benjamin. Now, I don't normally read a lot of YA books. I read very specific YA books, and this one more than makes the cut. This book is about two boys in the small border town of El Paso, Texas, who become strange friends. And it is beautiful. Every sentence is crafted with honesty and integrity and emotion. And I don't, I can't, I can't say anything more about this book. It somewhat renders me speechless. I will maybe do a separate episode talking about books I love that will contain spoilers where I can talk about more specific things I love about the books, but I strongly recommend all of those books. You may be wondering why the first episode of a podcast is called Hater at Heart is about things I like. Well, I'd like to establish a base because I want everyone to know that I can be warm-hearted and loving as well as being truthful and always going to speak what I think because there is a difference between being truthful and speaking what you think. Because sometimes I can look at something and I can be like, okay, that is objectively good, but I don't fucking like it. And this podcast is about things that I have to say, not about things that are true. The next category is movies. I have a shit ton of things to say about Hollywood and select. I am actually not sure if I can curse. I'll make it happen. I have a lot to say about Hollywood and celebrities, but I won't bore you with that now. I don't watch a lot of movies because of my very short attention span, so these movies are very selective. Movies that I like must have a good mix of sounds, colors, as well as a hot male lead and some good explosions. This first movie does not have a hot male lead or good explosions, but it does have amazing sounds and amazing colors. Coco is an animated movie about Dia de los Muertos and a family's celebration. It is heartbreaking and a beautiful story about family and true love and lies and a dragon. If you speak Spanish, I really, really encourage you to watch Coco in Spanish, even if you only speak Spanish slightly, because I feel like the songs are so much more intense and meaningful when they're in the language that they were meant to be heard in and if you don't speak spanish that well then you can just turn on the subtitles our next film is in english and it is moonlight 2013 directed by barry jenkins moonlight is a movie in three stages about a boy named chiron 
It is about young love transcending ages, losing loved ones, and it is a coming-of-age movie that exceeds expectations of any coming-of-age story ever. There is not a lot of dialogue in this movie, which normally I don't like because I need something to pay attention to, but the lack of dialogue makes the few words that they have so much more impactful. This movie is about knowing when you love someone and knowing when to not let them go and sometimes you have to wait and sometimes it won't be easy but it's all worth it in the end moonlight makes me cry every time our next movie is less emotional pride and prejudice the 2005 version is based on a book by jane austen that i have read and love i love this movie because of the visuals and i am no expert they may not be historically accurate but the, but the visuals are still so beautiful i really i'm sorry guys this is my first podcast ever please give me some leniency i am fucking stupid <laughs> okay back to pride and prejudice i love it i'm a sucker for love stories and the whole cast is so hot now on to more movies with hot casts most marvel movies i love they are so stimulating colors sounds explosions hot male leads such as anthony mackie chris evans chris hemsworth tom hiddleston paul bettany oh my god what isn't to love my favorite marvel movies are and i don't think this is controversial captain america and the winter soldier avengers Avengers Age of Ultron, Captain Marvel, Black Panther, and Iron Man 3. And I don't like these movies because of any specific thing. Black Panther's visuals and sounds are completely stunning. And the acting in Black Panther is off the charts. That is the best acting in any Marvel movie. Oh my god, it's incredible. And... I, I, the rest of them have some really cool explosions. (laughs) What can I say? Okay. Now, oh my gosh, I'm looking at this little garage band thing in front of me. And it's just doing little things with my voice. I don't really know what's going on. Hello, hello. Okay, moving the fuck on. On to musicians that I like. I don't listen to a lot of music. Because... When I'm at home, I'm sleeping or I'm on Tumblr and I'm like watching little videos, but I do listen to music when I'm driving or when I'm on a walk or when I'm at school, which I guess is a pretty big chunk of my life, especially when I'm like, you know, driving up to school, walking around campus, those things I'm listening to music during. Now, Taylor Swift, she is white woman supreme. I know. But I've been a diehard Swifty since I first listened to Sparks Fly on October 26, 2010. My all-time favorite songs by Taylor Swift are Mirrorball, The Lucky One, Clean, All You Had to Do Is Stay, This Is Me Trying, Mad Woman, Tis the Damn Season, and Paper Rings. I get so much joy out of her music, and she is just so much fun, and I am unashamed of it. This next artist i am very much also unashamed 
I love The Cure. My favorite song of all time, it like all time is Love Song. If Love Song isn't played at my wedding, you better know something is wrong and you better drag me off the altar. The Cure also holds immeasurable amounts of nostalgia for me. My favorite songs are Love Song, duh. Letter to Elise, The Perfect Boy, and Hi. And I, I'm i not really a fake fan of The Cure, but it's a similar thing to Sharon Bennett, who's the next artist I'm going to talk about, where I know what songs I like and I listen to them and I listen to them a lot. Now, on to Sharon Bennett and... I am a fake Sharon Bennett fan, but I listen to three of her songs constantly. True Crime, which might be a cover. I don't know these things. I'm a fake fan. Um, Seventeen, duh, and my favorite, Every Time the Sun Comes Up. Hearing the lyric, I wash your dishes and I shit in your bathroom. Changed my life. Changed my motherfucking life. You know who else changed my life? My very best friend, Phoebe McIntosh. Phoebe McIntosh, this segment is for you. My next favorite artist is Mitski. Mitski is so dear to my heart. I love her use of siren-like vocals and her lyrics just hit like a punch because I too feel pink in the night in my room. And some, sometimes Mitski got it right. Her most popular song, Nobody. I guess her most popular song is Strawberry Bomb. One of her most popular songs, Nobody, from her album, Be the Cowboy. Some is, oh my god, sometimes you do just gotta sit on your floor going, nobody, nobody. She got that shit right. My favorite Mitski songs are Pink in the Night, I Don't Smoke, Townie, and Me and My Husband. Now, our next category is a touchy subject for some people because some people hate poetry. And it's fine. You know. Some people, uh, like, just some people. No offense, I guess. Poetry, though, is one of my truest passions in life. I love using words and using them in unconventional ways. And I wholeheartedly enjoy reading and digesting other people's writing as much as I enjoy writing myself. Poetry is a media that almost anyone can see themselves in, and I cherish all connections between people. Connections between people and love between people and embraces between people are the closest we will ever get to God, and anything that helps us along the way can only be described as holy. My first poet, Richard Sykin, is not really a holy man, but he is maybe the single most influential artist in my life. He has changed the way that I write and think. And he, I just, I think about his poems every day. I don't know if like copyright strike is real. I suppose I'll learn. But my favorite lines by Richard Sykin are from his poems Seaside Improvisation. And they go like this. You wanted happiness. I can't blame you for that. And maybe a mouth sounds idiotic when it blathers on about joy. But tell me you love this. Tell me you're not miserable. You do the math. You expect the trouble. The seaside town. The electric fence. 
draw a circle with a piece of chalk. Imagine standing in a constant cone of light. Imagine surrender. Imagine being useless. A stone on the path means that the tea's not ready. A stone in the hand means somebody's angry. The stone inside you still hasn't hit rock bottom. Does that not, is that not just like a punch, like a punch to the motherfucking gut? Oh my God. And all of his poems are like that. All of them are like that. All, all of the poetry that I like hits like a punch to the gut because I like things that make me feel big and I like things that make me feel like I'm not alone because I'm a teenage girl and I don't want to be alone. My next poet that I'm going to talk about is someone who makes me feel very connected and very not alone and her name is Mary Oliver and I love her so much. The way that she describes nature and the care that she has for nature is admirable and I love it. She is so full of love and light and joy and I regret not ever meeting her so much because I look up to her so much and she is such a beautiful woman who lived such a life and she is just incredible another woman that I love these these segues are so terrible you guys I'm so sorry that these segues are so terrible I don't really know how to make them any better um but my next poet is Emily Dickinson. Emily Dickinson is a poet who I'm very attached to because of nostalgia rather than a love of style or a love of her work. And don't be creepy. Don't try and guess where I live. But I grew up very near her family home. And I read her writing from a super young age with my dad. And I watched the tv show that was on apple tv of her life of course i did and oh my god she's just amazing i admire her so much she was so young and she had so much spirit oh my gosh no segue into the next one other than he is also pretty local ocean vuong is a poet who currently resides near me not that near pretty near me and I am infatuated with his words. He is so articulate and tender and his skills with language make me envious. I think English is his second language and yet he speaks it so well and English is my first language and I'm stuttering over my words here you guys. I'm stuttering over my words and Honestly, I feel really bad when I stutter over my words because I do a lot of acting, which is, you know, shameful, but specifically Shakespeare acting, which is very much about stressing syllables and articulating things and, you know, being perfect when you memorize things and memorizing things perfectly. But, and I'm so critical about Shakespeare. Like, someone was once reading something in my Shakespeare class and they were doing it so badly that I walked out of the classroom. I obviously, like, feigned I had to go to the bathroom, but I, I walked out. The important thing is, I walked out. Okay, I really should have, like, written down segues or something between these sections because I really didn't have one there, but this next segment is about TV shows. 
I watch a shit ton of TV. I watch a shit ton of TV. I watch TV while I'm doing everything. I watch TV while I'm girl blogging. I watch TV. I guess I don't watch it, but I download TV episodes on Netflix onto my phone and I listen to them when I go on walks if I don't want to listen to music. Like it's a podcast and it's so weird and I don't know anyone else who does that. And it's one thing that I can say about myself that I'm just like disgusted that I do that. But the point is, I watch a lot of TV. And, you know, I like shows that make me think. But I also like fucking shit shows. I love NCIS, which is a naval cop procedure. um, Procedural. I love keeping up with the Kardashians. And if you don't know what that is, I, I don't think you should have ever started listening to this this podcast I I don't think you ever should have but onto my list Bojack Horseman is a pretty stupid show um it's about a talking horse and his talking animal and his talking human friends and the talking horse is not a very good person I guess he's not a very good horse and the point of the show is for you to relate to the horse and then for you to feel so badly that you relate to the horse because the whole point of the show is that the horse is irredeemable and he just does these things and they just keep getting worse and worse and oh my god and then it's like oh my god what if i'm like this stupid fucking horse anyway oof Mm. the next show is much more light-hearted Daria is my go-to feel-good show. I love to watch it, and it's a show that not I don't hear about a lot of people watching it. There's not a big Daria... I guess I don't really go searching for TV show communities, but I have not found a lot of people that have watched Daria and like it as much as I do so that they can re-watch it, and each time they risk getting a different virus on their computer, but I think I'm virus-free, so... Daria has a pretty boring premise. It is about a high school girl who has to deal with her family and deal with her annoying high school classmates, but it's funny, it's witty, it's unexpectedly touching at sometimes, and I, a lot of people call it cringy because it's a show that 13-year-olds watch and feel really grown up about when they watch it, but I really like it, and I'm not 13, and I think it probably appeals to everyone. I've already talked about Sharp Objects, the book, in this podcast, but Sharp Objects, the show, takes the fucking cake. It is the best book-to-screen adaptation I have ever seen. It is so intricate and detail-oriented, and it follows the plot perfectly and expands on the characters even more, and the visuals just make the story come to life. You, You have to read the book before watching the show because it's much the plot twist is much less emphasized in the show but in the book the plot twist is fucking good now the next show is just classic oh my gosh every girl starts the show when she's a teenager and then has an unhealthy attachment to it for the next like five years and it's shameless Shameless is about a family in Chicago living in poverty, but it's it's not that serious. It's about a huge cast of characters, mainly the Gallagher family and their friends who, you know, circle around them and orbit in their little Gallagher world. And 
the characters are unique and funny enough to carry the show. A lot of the characters I really like and I don't like their plot lines, like the gay Jesus plot line, what was that about? The Chucky and Carl and Juvie plot line, what was that about? Um, but it's fucking funny. The characters are r- really relatable and I know every eldest daughter relates to Fiona, but oh my gosh. Ugh, she's that's that show that Fiona is too much for me I'm stuttering again oh I wrote down bullet points and everything so I wouldn't stutter and now I'm stuttering you guys I'm really sorry no apologies anyway I love Shameless and I'm super entertained by it and if I don't like a plot line I just like if I don't want to watch Frank Frank is a character if I don't want to watch Frank's plot line I skip over it I move on and I watch another plotline because they're not that interconnected. And if they're interconnected, it's just how it's causing drama for the other people, which is pretty easy to infer. So it's a really good show if you have, you know, kind of crippling ADHD. Now for an unrelated segment that is currently unnamed where I complain and trash talk about my own life, which I hope will be the closing segment to every one of these episodes. Maybe I will call it trash talk. Who knows? Sometimes I just, I come up with really creative things and other times I don't come up with really creative things. I hope this segment isn't called trash talk, but it would kind of be fun and maybe a little, a weensy, eensy bit campy if I called it trash talk. Anyway, today I went on a walk with my dog and before that I ate some fruit and but currently I'm really craving like a fried egg so I think I will go to the coop and get some but my chicken's eggs are ridiculously small so I have to like crack four of them to get like a normal size for two and then I'm eating like four yolks because the yolks are like weirdly still as big and the yolks are the worst part of the egg like I'm sorry if you like slightly warm wet slime in your mouth but I don't but I don't. It's not my thing. And I I just, I can't get into it. I like my eggs like fried and pshaw, pshaw, pshaw. I don't know why I'm making sound effects. My brother's been away for too long. I'm really starting to act like him. Please DM me on Instagram um, how you like to cook your eggs or if you have any like innovative ways to cook eggs that like is in a way that you think I've eaten eggs before and I've eaten a lot of eggs so much eggs that I didn't eat eggs for a couple years because I was sick of them my Instagram is Desmona Smith that is d-e-s-d-e-m-o-n-a-s-m-y-t-h for all the bitches that don't follow me um I think this concludes the end of my very first podcast episode you guys thank you so much for listening I hope the next episodes will be better produced and better set up and I really hope to have some guest stars in the future so please hit me up if you want a guest star. If you have my number, text me. That will get you a VIP spot. Um, But other than that, contact me. XOXO. Bye haters. And again guys, I'm really sorry for all the audio futzing. And the fact that you can probably hear the fucking 
saliva in my mouth. I hope we can do something about that, you guys.